things wrong. Too many things wrong. The system's so wrong. So wrong. But Saloma would always useful live like this. Imagine we just come up as senseless 12 years war. Usa Ibola come up with camera that we Another sad news what me people die from landslide and flood, Lord. True fans know be the realest stuff I ever wrote. Up in the studio getting loose, man. Truest words ever spoke. Tripping about future conditions, the way I'm living, maybe skidding, heading for collision, cards missing, ask for others, they tell me, go fishing, wishing for that hand, distance my plans from competition, but I collide, slide under like they had my number, but these back roads home leave the area codes unknown, my false belief, a little more happily in apathy, where nothing satisfactory, thinking less hope, much more practically, the shoe fit, bought a matching hat, carried matches that burn bridges, black me against the world, but I attack, attempting to fortify, guess we all born to die physically, I'm out soul searching, but pitifully catch misery, Cause I want it all instead of letting go with those desires Trying to run through walls, not believing I can fly Got a job to do, but I call in sick Like this is life and I'm disturbed with it And go I'm soul searching I'm lost in a sorrow No matter where I go, I can't see a path to follow By tomorrow may consume me, I'm so certain Feeling hollow, so tonight I'm going soul searching 
So tonight I'm going soul searching. 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 Forget it, I can't write no more. Something ain't right no more. It's like my mind is so bored. Ideas are so poor. Trying to explore what for. Banging on a locked door. Critiquing everyone else's goods and got nothing to export. Tried to be the best sport, but ran into the next court. Trying to clog my flow, possibly stop my go. Not yet green, right? The street light's still yellow. It's a tight squeeze, I might need to stay as loose as jello. Avoid the collision, attach a hook, hit lakes and keep fishing. Heart's frostbitten, cause the frostbite lost sight of my mission. Cause I tried, care, tire got flat and I used the spare, but despite all all the distance I covered, I had gone nowhere. It's too cloudy, no fun. Apollo, bring back the sun. Wanna have a picnic with no rain or hail to get lifted. And I would feed you a clear cut of the feeling in my mind. But these abstract thoughts seem to be all I can find when I'm, I'm lost in an inner sorrow. No matter where I go, I can't see a path to follow. By tomorrow may consume me, I'm so certain. Feeling hollow, so tonight I'm going soul searching. 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 Just blowing steam, lost in the stream of consciousness. A lot on my mind, but I seem thoughtless. Been disturbed for years, struggling to switch gears, trying to steal that treasure like some broke buccaneers. I just can't tell. I'm trapped in a shell. I made a witch mad as hell. She casted a spell and had a black cat cross my path as well. I'm not saved yet, buried, ringing a cracked bell. It's tough, no fair way. Every course is rough to the grass that's green, but this is no golf scene. The feeling is dominant, leaves a taste like a condiment. If only I can let go desires to be prominent and focus on simple success. I can compress expectations I put on my chest. I can't bench press. Enough with the rhyming. My spirit is dying. I'm trying to take a mental trip to Zion and go soul searching. Are you an independent musician? How would you like to have your songs played on hundreds of radio stations just like the one you're listening to right now? Join MusicSubmit.com and we'll promote your music to radio stations and blogs in your genre. It's free to set up your account and we guarantee your music will be considered for airplay by radio stations worldwide. Why not sign up today? It's free. MusicSubmit.com. Radio promotion for indie musicians. Hello there, this is G.E. Shaw. If you're looking for alternative radio stations, something different, something unique, straight, hard, thought-provoking, interactive, talk about all types of social issues, then you might want to check us out. We're S-I-M-E, Mixar Radio. We are hosted on the Spreaker Network. What we do, we bring you the best musicians of the indie world. If you want to hear music such as Candy Rose, the best, or other musicians such as Zayna Lawrence, LGB, we have hip-hop, we have rock, country, soul, rap, we bring it all to you from the indie world. It's pure, straight performance of the indie world. Plus, 
And this is Mixar Radio tonight, 24-7. And we are here now with the evening hour with Ronnie Deshaies. We'll be back in three minutes. This is Silence is Dangerous. And this is Austin Colin. face thrust upon your screen Saying no, there's nothing wrong A heartless voice in her soulless choir Singing loud that hateful song Let's stand against fear And make our voices heard Love conquers hate A bright young girl In her backward home Struggles to get through the day Condemned outright by her parents' hate Because she doesn't live their way They sent her off to her torture camp Who said her love was just a choice She suffered their abuse and ignorance Until she had to quiet the noise Let's stand against fear And make our voices heard Love conquers hate Dangerous, and he's right. This is G.E. Shaw.
and I have Rodney Deshay here, and this is the evening hour. Hello there, Rodney. How you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, thank you. So how's things going with you? How was the weekend, et cetera, et cetera, all that good stuff, you know, holly, 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 and all that great stuff. Yeah, I can tell. I'm not the great person today, but you know what? <laughs> um, call me who I am, Mr. Cynic in himself. But that's why we got you around. Mm -hmm. Well, Saturday night I went to a fundraiser that was put on by a friend of mine, had a lot of fun. Um, I guess they raised $600, $700 for Oasis Youth Group, so that was kind of fun. Um, trying to think what I did on Sunday. I know I did something on Sunday, but I can't for the life of me think of what it is. <laughs> okay. Well, tell me a little bit more about this fundraiser. How, uh, is this a big charity event that you always do? Do you have a couple of them you do a year? Tell me what's um, going on. There's quite a few that are done every year. This one is kind of an annual thing. Um, it's, it's it's hosted by um, the, I belong to a 501c3 fundraising organization, and so this event is hosted by one of the two people who are elected to lead this organization every year. So it's one of his required events, and that's my friend Hayden. Um, and so he got to host it this year, and he had a lot of fun with it. And um, there were some people, the MCs came down from Everett, and there were quite a few people from up and down the I-5 corridor. Um, Vancouver was there, Seattle, Spokane, uh, Everett was there, I just mentioned. So, yeah, we had quite a good turnout from uh, all up and down the corridor, and it was fun. So what's the name of this foundation, this, uh, this 501C? Okay, I'm going to be a little pompous here. It is the Imperial Sovereign Court of Tacoma Diamond Empire of the Cascades. Okay! <laughs> Mouthful there. Okay. Uh, acronyms probably be better next time around, but we probably wouldn't even know what the acronym says for. So, I've got deck. So basically, this program is uh, designed to help uh, chari uh, charitable um, organizations. Do you donate to yes. homeless people and all these other things, or just certain? Um, we can we can only because we are a five hundred one c three. We can only donate to other five hundred one c threes. Back in the day, we used to do things like if there was somebody that got kicked out of their house and needed an apartment for, I mean, a motel for a week or so, we could do that. We can't do that anymore because we are limited to uh, only 501c3 organizations. Oh, that's something. We do, we do a, we're doing a big fundraiser in a week or a couple of weeks, I think. Um, it's an annual event uh, for the Carol Milgard uh, Breast Center, which helps People who uh, don't have either medical insurance or the finances to do it uh, get mammograms to be tested for, for breast cancer. We do that every year. Uh, so that's, that's one of our annual events that we do. Okay, so I have a question. So if, let's just say for sake um, of an argument, uh, just a better, lack like of better question I have in my mind going on right now. If... 
a organization like the uh, what is it? The W? No, the YW, not the YM, but the YWCA. Um, if they're a five hundred one C, you can work with them and help you know fund certain organization for some funding. Right. Oh, as okay. long as the organization is five hundred one C three, we can work with it. We can donate money to them. Um, I mean, actually, we can work with anybody, but if they're asking for financial donations. We can only do it if they're 501c3. Oh, so I'm curious. Do you know uh, by any chance how many 501c's are actually located in Pierce County or Tacoma? I have no clue. <laughs> I, I mean, I know of a few, but I there's a lot of groups we work with. I don't even know if they are 501c3 because I don't, you know, I, I don't ask. Uh, I know that we do a lot with Oasis Youth Center, so they are. Um, we also do a lot with the Rainbow Center, so I'm assuming they are. Yeah. Um, and Carol Milgard, which I don't know if they are actually 501c3 or not. I don't know. I just know that they, but I mean, I think that there's others, there's other criteria because, like I said, I don't know if Carol Milgard is 501c3, but I know we, we do a fundraiser for them every year. So I think there's there's other criteria to that, but uh, we I just know that we can't just hand money out like we used to. As a 501c3, we have to be more careful. So um, not only are you a writer, an author, but you're a big-time fundraiser. Man, didn't know that. I've been doing this for about 30 years. Huh, interesting. Okay. Yes, known you for a moment, been a co-host for a moment. And I did not know that. <laughs> okay, well, interesting. So, you got anything else going on um, in the news or elsewhere? Things going on locally? I know well, that the um, the kickoff of everything is always, well, it appears to be now, always happening in the month uh, of June. But usually, I always consider it to be the kickoff is Memorial Day, you know. That tends okay. to lead us into a lot of stuff, and especially in the state of Washington. They are into a lot of different things. Um, we know that they have the two big events in the summer, the Pride Parades, and they're usually big here in the in Washington State, at least in Pearson, King County. You got the one, um, what is it, uh, Tacoma's Pride, which is sometime next month, which I plan on attending, Taking some pictures and cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I I know that the one that's going on in Seattle is the weekend of the twenty second through the twenty fourth. And that's the pride up there in Seattle. Now you was telling me that there's one in Olympia, which I wasn't even aware about. Yeah, I think Olympia's pride is next weekend or this coming weekend actually. So actually when you think about it, you know what? First of all, let me go back. And, I, I just want to reiterate something. <sighs> I'm tired for some reason. It's Monday. I mean, no, it's Tuesday. I feel like it's a Monday for some reason. But uh, the one thing I look at is this. I'm finding out that there's a lot of big-time important people that's in these different events dealing with you know, pride. Um, I didn't realize how um, intense, well, I'm going to say intense, 
by how integrated it is now compared to, you know, like a decade ago even. I mean, we can go back further than that, but uh, the festivities, the amount of money it generates and everything. Um, I went to the one last year for the first, well, for the first time I actually went there with a reason because I had to take pictures and some things of that nature. But uh, saying that, I did not realize the politicians, the other distinguished individuals from different areas of government um, there giving speeches, public awareness, et cetera, et cetera. You, man, you actually, you had booths there from everywhere. And I was kind of surprised to the degree that it reached out to. So, mm -hmm. since you've been doing this for a while as far as fundraisers, uh, do you think this is more uh, an extension of the people starting to come out and recognize who they are as individuals, or have this been going on for a while? It's actually been going on for a while. It's just that up until probably the last 10 years, there was no protection. So you had a lot of people who were still very, not only gay people themselves who were closeted, but straight people supporting who were afraid to be too public about that. In fact, there was a, um, I can't think of her name, um, Patty Murray. She was a, a local politician, yes. and I think it was about 20 years ago, 20 or 25 years ago, that she was um, openly supportive of uh, Tacoma's gay community because, you know, they were all voting citizens, you know, and she was a very open-minded lady, and she would actually attend a few uh, of the events, from what I understand, uh, and occasionally speak, the, you know, those kind of we're all in this together kind of speeches. And uh, she was very supportive of, of the gay community as a politician. But um, she also got, you know, some flack for that. So, I mean, a lot of these people, these, these people who were in positions of uh, authority, positions of politics, whatever, I think because it's now almost trendy, to either be gay or have a gay best friend, I think a lot of them now are more comfortable coming out and publicly supporting. But uh, it's not, I mean, it's, it's still a fairly new thing. Okay. Um, see, me, I, I don't know about the trendiness of it, but I do know that I was kind of, well, I ain't going to say surprised, but I was kind of, let me put it this way, I like to research stuff, so when I find things that's interesting, I become more uh, intense in research, I become more involved in everything about it, and when I went there last year, I did not realize that, uh, I think, now let me get this straight, I don't want the governor coming down here chewing me out since I didn't say. Uh, that, that person didn't say. I think it's the mayor. The mayor of Tacoma. And she was out there. And she was very, very articulate. Uh, believing. I mean, I actually believe. I believe everything came out of her mouth. To be quite honest. And that's hard. Because I don't trust or believe nobody. And you know that. So I'm not going to go through all that. <laughs> Uh, I'm about the most skeptical person you're ever going to meet. But uh, 
I mean, if you sit there and tell me there's a ghost next door, I'll be like, yeah, right, whatever. <laughs> okay, until I actually see it, then I might run the opposite direction. But uh, I was impressed with that. I was impressed with the, her constituents. A constituents. <clears throat> Get that <clears throat> out. And I was just impressed with what uh, the amount of people it drew. And right. see, the thing about Tacoma, though, that was interesting to me. Now, everybody else, I don't know what Olympia does. I don't know how they how theirs is set up. I know Tacoma, I know Seattle, because my daughter told me about this. She went last year to her store and everybody else uh, go there for the event, you know, and give to the event and all that. But I know in Seattle, theirs is like a, a weekend deal, a three-day event. I know in Tacoma now, <laughs> Tacoma... It's one of the few cities I know of, and they even went as far as to say nationally. When they throw Pride Week, it ain't no Pride for two or three days. It's a Pride Celebration Week. I mean, they throw down from whenever it starts to the whenever it ends. And they have a big ceremony to open it up, and they have a big ceremony to close it. I mean, they... I'm not going to say uh, I can put it up there with first night. And everybody know what first night is. People who don't, that's the uh, you know that's the wishing the old year in, the new year in, coming into the new year, et cetera, et cetera. It's a big festivity. I'm not going to put it on that level. But I'm going to say this: when you look at how organizations and how people come together to pull off a magnitude event of this nature. They really get it. They get it together. They really put off a pretty nice event. Uh, I went to some of the things that they had. Some of the stuff was pretty entertaining. To be quite honest. Um, I mean, I, there's some things I don't go to. That's just my preference. But the other things I don't drink either. Those a big time drinker. So you're not gonna see me in a lot of the big time nightclubs either. So, but as far as other local events and things that they offer, it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. I thought it was. Uh, a uh, pretty interesting mix, and I also thought it was a good fact finding for me. It was uh, enriching, and um, that's all really right now. I have to say, I look forward to going to this one. But this one, I plan on coming with all kinds of cameras and batteries and everything else. When I went last time, I wasn't as prepared as I wanted to be because I didn't expect it to be that big. I didn't expect it to be that long. And so I thought, hey, I can just go down and take a couple of snaps, no big deal. And until I got down there and found out, man, this place is crazy. Uh, because they block out, for the most part, a lot of downtown Tacoma. When they, when they come, they come to play. They come to party. Uh-huh. You know, so I thought that was interesting. Oh, and also, we also have the, uh, the Wright Park event, uh, what is it, the, uh, the Multicultural Ethnic Fest that's coming up oh, too. Okay. And I think that's coming up, I was just trying to get online to see whether or not, I think that's in July. Uh, so we have the Ethnic Fest, we got both the, uh, the Pride we got going on. Uh, there's a lot of other stuff going on. There's a... Which is the first time I actually seen it or heard of it, where you got a lot of these vendors and trucks, and it's a food festival. Oh, where wow. you actually have, you know, it's a food festival. 
you have every type of truck vendor you can find. Um, from a station wagon bringing up a big U-Haul, bringing out their grills or whatever the case may be. And usually it's either held at People's Park or Wright Park in Tacoma. And I, I know there's one in Olympia. I know Seattle has one too. And then on top of that, we got the taste of Tacoma or is it the taste of Seattle and buy a Tacoma? Which one? Whichever one. It's keep... the Tacoma, I believe, and I love the taste of Tacoma. And then there's the buy the Seattle. And that's coming up too. So if you're looking for big time events to go to, the summer's about ready to kick off with a lot of stuff. Uh-huh. And I plan on trying to enjoy some of it. But we shall see. We shall see. <laughs> and and what else is going on? You got anything else going on locally around Tacoma? Anything earth shattering? Anything newsworthy? Break, breaking off? Uh, I will say this. The young lady, I forgot his name. I forgot her name. Uh, that was abducted a few weeks ago, three weeks ago. She's been found back at home with her parents, and that's good. No one deserves to be kidnapped and thrown into the world of prostitution at that age. But um, that's good. I'm glad that's taken care of. And anything else going on? Well, um, I I am planning to, I've been talking to a friend of mine who's just published his first book of poetry. And we're going to see about doing a combination, um, like a book signing event uh, at a little place downtown called... Um, well, we're hoping, I should say, we're hoping to do it at a place called the Black Kettle. Um, it's kind of an eclectic little place, um, not real big. It's, it's exactly the kind of place I would expect to, back in the day, have, like like the coffee houses, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's just a fun little place, and I, I, we're, I think we're going to try to do a book signing of some kind down there. And when's this going to happen? We don't know yet. We're just in the very beginning stages. Um, and uh, so I got to finalize things with him, and then we got to talk to the cattle and see when they're available. So it's, it's just kind of now, in the beginning stages, but I will let you know more as we figure it out. Now, this is the black cattle that's downtown Tacoma, right? Right. Okay. Now, I remember seeing it. I just. Uh, you're going to help me out. Is this the one that's off of Pacific, or is this the one that's up in Old Tacoma? No, it's not in Old Tacoma. It's actually, um, you, you go up 9th, uh, it, it's somewhere in the general vicinity of, um, oh Lord, what are some of the streets down there? Let's see, Pacific, Commerce. Well, I know there's Pacific, there's Broadway, there's St. Helens. I know St. Helens and Broadway. I think it's up by Broadway. I'm not sure. Is it the one that's up there near Silverstone? Yeah. Okay. Yes, people. I know where Silverstone is. Hey, I know. I don't go out much, but I do know where that's at. <laughs> I go out every once in a while, and you, lo and behold, you know, I find myself in some of these crazy places. But hey. I do know where Silverstone is. If it's Black Kill, I do know where that's at. I also have a friend that, uh, if I can find the information here real quick, I got everything all scattered over the desk. You know how that is. So, uh, yep. well, with me, 
I'm more I'm an organized organizational type person. So when I have things scattered all over the place, look out, cause we in trouble. Because I don't do good with clutter. So and my daughter's always cracking me up when she sees me doing that. And she she deliberately moves stuff around just to see when not my OCD is going to kick in. And then she sits back and watches. There's a place. Uh, and I'll put this on Facebook and I'll also send it to you. Uh, for authors, writers, poets, etc., etc. There's a place that's actually located here in Tacoma. Really? It's called Creative Colicua. Colicua. I mean, Colicua. Like, uh, um, like a collection of art from all over. But, um, huh. but in their collection, like Siliquary. Um, it's a collection of short stories, essays, novels, excerpts, and poetry, monologues, whatever. And they meet once a month. And you can come in, from what the young lady told me, and they give readings. Open mic in Tacoma. And I will send you the address, the email address, and the website for this. Uh, very well known. Uh, from what I can tell, they are very well known. They're even on Twitter. And it's called Creative Colloqua. Colloqua. I never could pronounce all these fancy words and my my tongue just can't get it together at times. But it's spelled C O L L O Q U Y. And the first one is creative. Everybody knows how to spell creative, so I'm not gonna go through all that. Uh, it's hosted by the South Picture Sounds Online Library magazine. And like I said, they give monthly readings and open mic in Tacoma. And you can always come down there and Give a reading. He can kind of, you know, recite some of his poetry if he wants. I have everything here, and I will pass it on to you later on today or tomorrow. Uh, I happen to be at a place that I'm very familiar with because I used to be one of the original uh, members of another place, co-working place. I was one of the first ones that showed up there and started, you know, donating my money, you know, for my membership and for my co-working space and all of that. But, there's a place uh, I found, um, it's called the Union Club. It's the Coleman Union Club. Um, and I happened to go to one of these events, and that's where I found this. And uh, I was impressed with the young lady I talked to, and the thing about it, uh, they, rec they represent all genres. So it's not like one particular uh, area. They represent every gen genre out there. So, um, they even have little contests too. So, I'll get you that information. Cool. Thought I'd tell you that, so I won't forget that. Uh, Want to send a shout out to the NBA Finals, the Warriors and the Cavaliers. The Warriors are up 2-0, but you know what? I still think it's going to be a series. I know you don't follow it like I do, but for everybody else out there, tomorrow night is game three, which normally, ultimately, at times, game three is like the turning point, either one way or the other. When a team's down 2-0, I mean 0-2, and the other team's up, that third game is the turning point. Cavaliers are down 0-2, but they're playing in Cleveland. LeBron James and company, they got to come correct. They got to come with a sense of urgency. 
I know LeBron is going to do his thing, but hey, he needs help. You're going up against the world champions. Outside of that plug-in, yes, I did a plug-in for that one, okay. Um, anything else you want to discuss before we get on to another topic? One of my favorite topics, one of your favorite topics. <laughs> I'm running ahead. I know it's coming. Hey, you know, no, I'm gonna be nice about it this time. You know, I'm always a nice person when I get to talk about Trump. But hey, it's you know, it's what it is. I can't help that. But I do want to talk about um, one other thing first. Did you hear about the young lady who made a joke about McCain's illness? No, I didn't know McCain was sick. Yeah, evidently there was a, I'm trying to find it again, but evidently her name is Kelly Sadler. She joked about McCain's illness. And I'm assuming she might be, you know, one of these comedians, but I'm, I'm trying to check it out right now. No, Ke Kelly Sadler, the communication aide who reportedly mocked Republican Senator John McCain's brain cancer diagnosis last month. So that takes care oh, of that part. Yeah, I did not hear about that. Brain cancer, yeah. not pretty. Uh, yeah, I did hear about it. Uh, I have not followed to find out how he's doing or whatever. But yeah, McCain's brain cancer diagnosis last month is no longer working in the White House. So I guess not. She made that statement, and guess what? <laughs> A few days later, she was no longer there. It said Kelly Sandler is no longer employed with the executive office of the president. Now, okay, I know this is not Trump's fault. It's not his fault he hired her and none of that good old stuff. But how many people do he have even left of his original cabinet administration in there? Because he's losing people like it's, let me, let me. Use the right word. He's losing people faster than anybody that's exiting a, a, a orchestra that didn't like the orchestra playing. I mean, really, uh, I don't know how much more he can handle of all of this. Uh, it came out to say that she's no longer uh, there, and that said the White House Deputy Press Secretary Roger Shaw. The story was first reported, you know, of course, by CNN, but the White House declined to condemn settlers. Which is not surprising. They're going to defend. Uh, I would expect them no less not to, you know, defend their, you know, their people as long as they're still represented by the White House. But the White House declined to condemn Sandler's comment last month that McCain's vote on the CIA nominee Gina Haspel didn't matter because he's dying anyway. I mean, wow. okay, here's the thing. He's dying anywhere. So that means it's open season on McCain. Now look. Everybody, I know, remember John McCain. He's a Republican. I know that and all that stuff. And I, a lot of people didn't really want him in office. They didn't want to vote for him. Okay. I wasn't crazy about McCain myself. I have my own reasons for that. And that's something to be talked about at a, different, at a future date and time. But here's the thing. Where do we... Stop with the ridicule, uh, talking about somebody's culture, race, sex, illness, or whatever. When do it stop? I mean, this man is in the fight of his life, and we have someone else thinking it's it's okay to joke about it. 
Um, and then the White House is not going to condemn her for what she said because uh, he's already dying. Okay, I'm lost with that one. I really am lost about that. It don't make sense to me. But, yeah, the White House didn't... <laughs> then it said the White House didn't deny she had made the remark and issued a statement at the time praising McCain, who's 81, who was suffering from an aggressive form of brain cancer. But they went on to say that uh, they didn't deny it, but they're not going to, you know, um, ridicule for it. So, but then a few days later, you fire. So, every okay, dip. Say what? Hold on one second. Let me, let me get this straight. Okay. She made a comment about McCain, right? She made a comment about McCain's health. Did she, did, I mean, was it a joke or was she being serious or? Well, see, that's the thing. I don't know. I mean, okay. every Oh, oh okay. She made a comment. And so the White House said that they weren't going to do anything about it because he's dying anyways? That's the comment. I'm, I'm going to read it. Let me read it one more time. And I'll then they fired her. Yeah. The White House declined to condemn Sandler's comment last month that McCain's vote on the CIA nominee, Gina Haspel, didn't matter. So, uh, McCain had uh, voted for Gina Haspel, All right, the CIA nominee. Remember, that we got the first women CIA um, elected. And that it didn't matter because he's dying anyway. Wow. Now... Really, these are the individuals that we're looking at, right? <laughs> that we are expecting to run our country and we're supposed to uh, be vigilant <laughs> and respect and follow their lead, right? You know, it's, it's funny because I, you know, I'm, I'm sure some people are going to think I have kind of a twisted view on people running their mouths. Um, I truly believe in freedom of speech. I do. I think that unless you are on the clock somewhere, you know, and by that I mean physically on, at your job, where your time is not your own, it belongs to the person who pays your bill, your, your paycheck. I think other than that, people, you know, I think we all should have the right to say whatever the heck we want to say. That's called freedom of speech, you know. Um and I know that there are a lot of people out there who make comments, we've had this conversation, that are uh, against this minority or that minority because they either have a problem with that minority or they think it's funny or whatever the case may be. And I may not think it's necessarily funny, but I do, I, I do, I do defend their right to say whatever they feel they want to say. It's just when you say it, when you run your mouth, you know, keep in mind there might be fallout from this. But that being said, even I, even I have a real problem with somebody who is making cracks, comments, jokes, whatever, or even, even a serious comment that's in poor taste about somebody who now has been diagnosed with what is pretty much a terminal illness. And the reason for that is because there but for the grace of God go any of us. You know, you never know when you're going to wake up with some sort of traumatic medical issue. And you're going to want sympathy. You know, you're going to want people to be understanding. The last thing you're going to want 
is some dumbass out there making cracks. I just think that there is a line. I do, and maybe for me, my line is a little bit farther up than other people's. I don't know. But I do think, especially with somebody like John McCain, who has served this country for so long, the man deserves respect, at least a little bit. Whether you agree with him or not, you got to give him at least a little bit of respect for what he has done for this country. Well, and that's my point. Uh, yeah, being diagnosed with brain cancer for some dumbass out there to be making cracks about it, I do find wrong. And see, that's my whole point. I mean, yeah. I have the right to say what I want to say. You have the right to say what you want to say. But when this, but when you start attacking someone's health like that and doing it, and I don't even know how you could consider it to be funny, though. Be quite honest, because to me, you're fighting for your life. Everybody, you know, unless you've been in a situation where there's something tragic happened to you or your family member or a friend of yours, you don't know how it feels, and then. For you to sit there and say, well, you know, I, that's not what, you know, she might have heard that she apologized for it. But, hey, you know what? Why would you even open your mouth? Yeah, you got freedom of speech. I got that. But open your mouth when someone literally is, the reaper is calling for him. And he's fighting for his life. What what possessed you to say something like that? Did you, yeah. did you hate the guy in the beginning? Look. Like I said, I'm not a big fan favorite McCain. I respect him for what he's done. But I'm not going to jump on the bandwagon and be part of, hey, I'm glad the guy's dying. Seriously. I would like to at least have that type of respect and legacy that someone would not think that badly of me. Right. And, you know, and for you to start throwing rocks, bricks, I don't know, the whole house on top of them, that's wrong in anybody's Ooh. book. It absolutely is. So, if she, I'm like this, she got what she deserved. Yep. She literally got what she deserved. That's just, to me, that's my point and that's what I believe in. <laughs> and I'm already cynical. You already know that. A lot of people know, if anybody knows me, know I'm cynical. So, really, uh, I'm going to say what I say. Uh, I finally got to the point where I don't care what people think about it no more me. Because what I do, I try to look at it from different ways. I try to look at it from both sides. I think I do a good job of looking at it from both sides. But sometimes you got to call it the way you see it. Now, where, my, where I might see it, the way you might see it might be two different things. But we ain't sitting up here on the stage fighting each other and trying to kill each other over it. Right. Okay. And so there has to be some type of mutual respect. And if you can't do that, then... I don't know if you're even human at all. This is Gene Shaw. I agree with that. And this is Ryan Deshay. <laughs> and guess what? We will be back in five minutes. This is Anonymous Numinous. Leaving the city. I'm leaving the city too. I might have to leave after this show. This is Gene Shaw. <laughs> I be packing my bags after this show. So my
You're listening to Fairy Tales by Lean Chavez. And we were just having a conversation about our good friend. You know who I'm talking about. 
our guy in the Noble Office, our Commander-in-Chief, Mr. Donald Trump. Okay, I had to, I had to give him a clap. So let's give him oh, one more. We will, else. <laughs> we will give him one more clap, though. Come on, come on, give us another clap. Yeah, come on, come on. Yes, okay. Now, back to some seriousness now. Okay, we'll just finish up a conversation that actually started when we heard that Mr. Donald Trump, our president and commander-in-chief, rescinded the invitation to the Philadelphia Eagles. And this is coming from CBS News. Now, we all know CBS News have their own affiliations, have their own interest groups, so this is not going to, to me, it's going to be a little bit more overriding because, in fact, they all have all the major news uh, fees and big news uh, broadcasting stations have their own agendas and their agendas are, you know, somewhat based in politics and things of that nature. But with that being said, this came out of CBS News. And the reason Mr. Trump decided he didn't want to invite um, the Eagles in the organization is because the invitation was canceled over what Mr. Trump says is a disagreement a disagreement here. Let me bring this up, folks. A disagreement on the standing during the national anthem. So, if I'm reading this right, he rescinded his invitation because he has a disagreement on what some of the athletes, I guess, from the Philadelphia Eagles or around the, you know, the NFL believe on whether they want to stand or not. Now, Here's the thing, and me and my co-host, we have our disagreements here and there, but if she invited me somewhere, if I invited her somewhere, I'm not going to say, well, I don't want you coming now, because you don't like what I said. I don't like what you said. I mean, that's childish. Plus of all, here's the big thing. Donald Trump, our president, has managed to break another tradition that has been going on for a while with gold winners, um, Olympic gold winners from the Olympics, etc., from baseball, NBA, the NFL, whoever wins having a congratulatory type of visit. You go there, you shake your hand, hey, you know, hi, Mr. Trump, whatever, or Obama or Nixon or whatever. It's a... It's a format that's been going on for a while. It's a tradition. And he decided, screw the tradition, because I don't like some of the, I don't like some of the people out there that are making a disagreement about who wants to stand or not. Now, we had this discussion before, a week or two ago, and I remember talking to Ronnie, and I remember saying to her during that conversation that, the preseason hasn't started. Now, they might be getting ready for, you know, spring training and all that. That's fine and dandy. But the season has not started yet. There's nothing to be said about an argument over something that has not taken place yet. But our dearly beloved president decides that, hey, 
I'm going to break tradition again. Now, like I told Ronnie, I don't know. I, I lost count on trying to figure out how many traditions he's broken. And I don't even want to keep counting because he changes every tradition, breaks every tradition every morning or during a coffee break or maybe during a... While he's sleeping and having a bad dream, he might want to break another one. I don't know. No one knows what he's thinking. So, here's the thing. I said this before, and Ronnie, Mr. Deshay uh, agreed. I don't think he even understands what he's saying. I think he believes in his own lies. I think he believes in his own statements, which is, to me, a worse than somebody who's just a pure pathological liar because they have an agenda to play with. I don't know what his agenda is. His agenda does not make sense. It's not coherent at all. And to say, <laughs> I don't want you in my office because some of y'all might disagree with the standing or kneeling I mean, really, is that worth breaking tradition? That's my opinion. I'm G.E. Shaw. Anything you want to say about that, Ronnie? Well, you know, I, I, I know that, see, I, I don't know where that team has, has I, the word stood, but I mean, I don't know where they weigh in at on that particular issue. Because I know some of the teams do stand for the anthem, some don't. Um, that, some of them, it's just individual players, one way or the other. So I don't know what that team's basic, you know, belief is on that subject. Um, but even if they believe differently than Trump does on that. I, I, I get the fact that he's trying to make a point that, it, that it, to his feeling it's, it's inappropriate. I get that. I mean, personally, myself, I also think it's inappropriate. Um, but that's me. And I mean, he has the right to his opinion. However, I think if you're trying to make a big statement about how inappropriate you think it is, I don't think that was the right way to do it. I well, mean, I, I get where he's coming from, but I don't agree with it. Well, see, here's the thing. And me and you had our differences in that regard, so I'm not going to you know, rehash the same thing over again. But see, here's the, here's the thing I'm looking at. And this has nothing to do with the NFL season. This has nothing to do with Trump himself. This is still an off-season type of thing, okay? No one's in training camps. No one's playing football. No one's going to the stands. No one's doing all this, Okay? This usually takes place before and during the off-season. So, in saying that, and I'm reading some of the stuff that's going on right now on the um, more about what's being reported. Uh, the one guy I assume that might have took a knee for the precinct, which is t in 2017, his name was Ron Brooks, did take a knee in preseason game, but he was cut by the team. So he never played a regular season game. So if that's what I'm reading and if this is what I think they're saying, well, you know, think, this is why I believe they are saying, everybody that was on the Eagles team last year did stand for the national anthem. So 
if that's the place that this is heading, then what right did Trump have to rescind the invitation to the White House? Well, let's let's be realistic. I mean, he extended the invitation, therefore he has every right to rescind it. If you're talking about rights, but um, was it justified? Based on what you just said, I would have to say no. Well, see, here's and the I th- think it was a bad thing for him to do because you know there, that was not the team that should have been singled out for that. That's okay, and that's right. But here's the thing I'm looking at. And you right, you have your own opinion about that. But see, here's my thing. If this has been a tradition within the noble office, yeah, true enough, he extended the invitation. All right, I give you that. But if this has been a tradition, this is what I'm looking at, then that tradition should go on no matter what. You can't uh, extend a tradition and then turn around and say, because you don't like it, I'm going to change it. Because all you're doing to me is setting the president for something else. Okay, he did it last year, or during his term. So, if I'm the president, I don't like what's going on, I'm going to do the same thing. Now, do I believe that's going to happen? No. I think Trump is a one-of-a-kind aberration. I really do. And I, <laughs> I know it's bad, but, uh, <clears throat> but the fact of the matter is, here's the thing. I will agree with you to a point on what you said a couple of weeks ago, or wherever that discussion was, when you said you don't believe Trump's going to run again, and you don't believe it because he doesn't like, but he, he don't like his job. Well, after reading this, and the more I think about it, you might have a point. Because of the fact, here's a guy who's so used to running his company, his conglomerates, all his um, hotels, whatever he's got going on, and running roughshod over people because he feel like he can do whatever he want or they can walk. And he thought, he says he thinks he can just do the same thing with America. It doesn't work that way. And he find out the hard way. So in that regard, I would say you are right, Mr. Shea. Because this guy has no clue of what the hell I really believe he's doing. It's amazing to me, it really is, that he is still in office. I don't know if any of the other presidents that we have mentioned and talked about over the last couple months would have lasted this long. I mean, think about it. We, it took Nixon Watergate <laughs> to, let him, to get rid of him. If Nixon would have started off this way, I don't think he would have made it to Watergate. No, I don't think so. Okay, and then we tried to get rid of the Energized Bunny. I call it the Energized Bunny because it's the only thing I can think of at the time. And that's, uh, um, um, damn, uh, Clinton. For all the things he's done (laughs) inappropriately, supposedly. And they tried to get rid of him. He liked the Energized Bunny. Kept coming back and coming back and coming back. But the thing is, with some of the stuff he, that Trump did, I don't think, Carter would have made it this far. I mean, I can go back and look at certain presidents throughout history. And some of the things that they've done or should have done or could have done, 
he is the only one that's still there. And I don't know how he's still there. I have such an idea. I know that was coming. I really did. So let me have it. <laughs> well, Trump is is very unique in the sense that of unlike all of the presidents you mentioned, unlike pretty much all of the presidents we've had, you know, for the last however many years, Trump is not a career politician. Okay? Trump is a businessman who has succeeded and failed and rebuilt himself and then succeeded and failed and rebuilt himself countless times over the course of his adult life. So Trump knows how to play the game. He knows how to twist things. He knows how to turn things. He knows how to manipulate people. These are all things that Trump is very good at. Most of our career politicians, they have other people who get their hands dirty for them. If necessary, they don't do it themselves. So they're not really all that good at deflecting or protecting when it comes to things that they're doing. Trump, on the other hand, is a master at it. And I think it's because he's not a career politician. He hasn't had all of these people jumping in front of him to shield him from things the way that most career politicians do. You know, he's the one who's been having to, again, um, rebuild, succeed, fail, rebuild, succeed, fail. And so by doing that, he has learned how to play the game successfully. Okay. There's a good point there. There's a good validation there. Um, and see, the other thing is, you have politicians, right? Who are, basically what politicians really are, they are just like, to me, an attorney. It just depends on which story or which lie you want to believe. I'm good at uh, politicking. And then you also have ones who are leaders that become politicians. And there's politicians that are really leaders who really believe in what they're saying and get lost in the rhetoric. Rhetoric. Trump, on the other hand, as you said, is an individual who plays by his own tune. Yep. And I think that's the thing that you're referring to that's keeping him there. Because he plays by his own tune and he's basically a renegade. He makes things up as he goes along. Exactly. His, he's good at it. He's one of those. If I put it this way, you know how some actors are. Most of your great actors are not scripted. Okay, they uh-huh. at live. And let's face it, everybody knows that there is some type of script or somewhere out in the middle of virtual world when they're doing their acting, going through their acting, their scripting, and all that. But there's also a time when. Data straight out at live and make it up as they go along. And those are the ones who are pretty good and good actors because they can just take something if something goes wrong and at live and make it sound right. Make it sound like it was originally part of the script. So Trump, in that regard, has that knack. I did this. Okay, I know I screwed up, but I have a way to make it sound like I didn't screw up. And that's, and that's fine and dandy. But 
sooner or later, you can only go so far with that type of scripted uh, response. I I just don't see him making it all the way through the four years. I mean, if he does, more power to him. But I I'm more I'm a more afraid for how he's gonna lead the country when, when he does finish. I mean, do you? We talk about all these different messages that these presidents left us and all that. I I really dread the person who's gonna come in whether or not it's a Republican again or a Democrat, and have to try to figure out where to go or pick up the pieces of where he's going. Because he's not, like you said, he's not going to be no creative, at live, improvised type of individual. He's going to rely on his cabinet and his people to shield certain aspects of the job. So... I'm more weary of where he's going to lead this country before he's done. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't know right now, looking at some of the candidates they have out there, both Democratic and Republican, whether or not they're going to be able to improvise like he is. Because like you said, he ain't worrying about what his cabinet is saying because his cabinet members have been telling him to shut up. His cabinet member has been telling him, don't tweet. His cabinet member has been telling him not to do a lot of things. And he's basically telling them to shut up. I do what I want to do. Yep. Okay. So this is where I'm going with this. And we will discuss this later. I know we will because he keeps showing up on my radar. I want him not to be on my radar for a while, but that doesn't happen. This is G.E. Shaw. This is Ryan Deshay. And we are about to shut it down for this segment. It's been nice. We'll be back tomorrow. This is the evening hour with Ronnie Deshay. We will be back. This is the best. Ian Massey Harris and Candy Rose. Bye.
smash me down my love has taken his toll around his cousin to get old I got nothing left it to get old and I can't recall the last time I put a smile on your face and you don't care if I'm happy so I'm giving you space cause love Musician, how would you like to have your songs played on hundreds of radio stations just like the one you're listening to right now? Join MusicSubmit.com and we'll promote your music to radio stations and blogs in your genre. It's free to set up your account and we guarantee your music will be considered for airplay by radio stations worldwide. Why not sign up today? It's free. MusicSubmit.com, radio promotion for indie musicians. And this is G.E. Shaw, S-I-M-E, Mixer Radio Tonight. We'll be back in a few hours. Have a good night. <laughs> 